You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, happy Saturday. It's such a privilege to be in this kind of days counting down to Christmas every day in this Advent series. And looking forward to the weekend, Tis the Season series, part two this weekend. I hope you can join us at one of our campuses, service times and locations are available on our website, eastside.com. Just uh, check it out. Every morning, one of the first things I do when I get to my office is I turn on my computer and I look what's scheduled for the day. What's on the agenda for the day? What's what's on the agenda the moment we die? Have you ever thought about that? I think we have many questions and fears about that. Jesus taught the first thing that happens is you immediately wake up in eternity. When your eyes close in this life, they immediately open in the next. There's no time delay. There's no jet lag. For example, Jesus turned to the dying thief on the cross next to him and he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Not tomorrow, not someday. This day, our soul, our true self immediately wakes up in eternity with our identity and our personality intact. Acts 24, 15 says there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. Jesus' teaching on the afterlife is in sharp contrast to a couple of teachings that like you often hear today. Purgatory is the teaching that once you die, you kind of go to a halfway house, which is a place of torment. You're kind of temporarily sent to be purged of your sins. And like the more you sin, the longer time you spend in purgatory paying for your sins. But if you have friends on earth who will have a church service on your behalf and light a candle for you, then they can kind of exempt you from X number of years of purgatory. However, I just want you to note, That's simply not taught by Jesus. It's not in the Bible. Remember, he's the only one who died and came back to life to live forever to tell us about it. So so like whose explanation of the afterlife are you going to trust? 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to go with the one who resurrected from the dead. Scripture teaches that all our sins were forgiven. They've already been purged by Jesus dying on the cross as the substitute who took upon himself the punishment that our sins deserve. Sir, there's, there's no sin that we could pay for because the Savior, Christ the Lord, who was born at Christmas, paid for all of our sins. The, the cross of Jesus paid for our sins in full. This means that our hope of eternity in heaven is not based on what we've accomplished, but on the sufficiency of what Jesus has already done on the cross for us. Jesus' teaching is also in contrast to a teaching you sometimes hear called soul sleeping. And this teaches that when you die, you go to sleep and you're just kind of like totally unconscious until the time of Jesus' second coming. In death, your your soul's just not aware of the passing of time. Then you're kind of awakened from that deep sleep when Jesus returns. Yet Jesus told a story about a rich man named Lazarus who died and also a beggar who died uh, at the same time. Both of them uh, immediately woke up in eternity and the beggar was in heaven and the rich man who ignored the needs of this beggar was in hell. There was no soul sleeping. There was no delay. There was no purgatory, no no in-between station. The first thing on your calendar the moment after you die is you immediately wake up in eternity. The second thing on your calendar is you'll be judged by God. I'm not going to escape it. You're not going to escape it. It's on the calendar. Hebrews 9.27 says that man is destined to die once. Not many times, not multiple reincarnations, just once. And it says, after that, to face judgment. 
After you die, you immediately wake up in eternity, and then all of us, including me, including you, will have to stand before the Holy Creator, God of the universe, and give an account for our lives. And so what's the deciding factor in this judgment? Right here might be the biggest point of spiritual confusion in the entire universe. The conventional wisdom says that God is going to lower the bar and he is going to ratchet down his holiness quotient and look at the masses of humanity and kind of give them a pass right into their mansions into heaven. The word on the street says that because God is a God of grace, he just kind of winks at our sins. Uh... You know, uh, uh, that, that put us in the middle of the pack and says, uh, come on into heaven. I know you weren't perfect, but you tried really hard, so welcome in. The conventional wisdom says, if you kept your nose fairly clean, paid your taxes, the majority of them anyway, you attended church a few times a month, donated to charity, coached a kid's soccer team, there's no way that God will hurl you into hell. The conventional wisdom says the people in trouble on Judgment Day are going to be the Osama bin Ladens of the world, the Adolf Hitlers, the September 11th terrorists, the Hamas terrorists. We look at them and feel pretty good about ourselves and think, well, at least I'm not that bad. However, Jesus' teachings are clear about the conventional wisdom being wrong. Conventional wisdom is wishful thinking but still wrong. Jesus taught that the issue of judgment is not going to be how much you sinned or how bad your sins were. The issue is, what did you do with the sin that you had? Were you honest enough to admit them? And most importantly, did you personally trust Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross to make the payment for you? Have you placed your faith in what Jesus did on the cross for you? Or are you counting on something less than the clear teaching of the only one who rose from the dead. Jesus can replace your fear of death with hope for everlasting life. And the good news of great joy announced by the angel can become your personal good news of great joy when you see receive Jesus as your forgiver, your leader, and your deliverer. Why not? Why not put your hope in Jesus today, right now? Trust him. God, thank you. I know we're all going to face this inevitable moment, and I thank you that we don't have to face it alone, but we're going to have an advocate there for us. We're going to have Jesus, our defense attorney, who is going to make a case for us and say, hey, Gene, on the account of his sins, is not guilty because he trusted what I did on a cross for him. God, may that be all of our story. Thank you for the hope we have because of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Catch you back here tomorrow. You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. 